Happy Sunday morning, everybody, and welcome to the cutest Mad Men podcast on the internet, Made Man, where today I watch Season 7, Episode 4 of Mad Men, The Monolith. And this is a good episode. I enjoyed it. Um, and it's funny, when I finished watching it, I'm like, did a lot happen? I feel like stuff happened, but how much is there to talk about? Well, there's only one way to find out, and that's to start talking about it. But before we do, let's take a moment to hear from today's sponsor. <coughs> Oh, what a wonderful sponsor. Thank you so much for sponsoring this episode, sponsor. So now, let's get into this episode, which picks up with Mr. Pete Campbell and his real estate agent, um, his girlfriend, who he's still calling his real estate agent. Now, we got a little bit of Pete in this episode, not a lot. Um, the episode opens up with Pete at dinner with his girlfriend, and uh, somebody is staring at the girlfriend. Which he turns around and finds that it's someone he recognizes. And you know, it was someone I recognize too. And I'm looking at him going, why do I recognize this guy? Why do I recognize this guy? Oh my goodness, he's Eugene from The Walking Dead. That was a show that used to be good and then wasn't as good. Um, but he doesn't have the mullet. He doesn't have the accent. He's just, uh, you know, like talks like a, a I, want, I don't want to say a regular fella. But yeah, he has more of a, a, a boring accent. Um and he's there, just kind of, he recognized Pete, uh, but he didn't want to say anything. And Pete's like, oh, no, no, I'm divorced. That's okay. Uh, I didn't want to. He's like, I don't want to disturb you. He's like, oh, I'm divorced. This is my real estate agent. Okay, fine. It's my girlfriend. Uh, and they talked a little bit. And this guy uh, worked at Vicks with um, Trudy's father. That's Pete's father-in-law. Pete actually finds out that the guy had a heart attack and nobody, Trudy didn't even tell Pete. He's like, I didn't even know that. You could see there was a little bit of concern in his face, not knowing that, that the grandfather of his child, young Tammy, um, you know, had a, had a heart attack and he wasn't even aware of that. This guy had to tell him. Um, and who knows how long, you know, it happened since this guy, he, this guy left Vicks, now works for, <clears throat> I want to say Burger Chef. Yeah, he works for Burger Chef. And they're expanding. They already have a thousand restaurants. They want to get more. He says something about trying to get to Disneyland. Uh, and Pete worked a little magic to get a meeting with them. And the girlfriend was like, I love seeing you work like that. And Pete's like, yeah, I have conversations like that all the time. And that I think what was weighing on Pete was not knowing about his father-in-law. I think that bothered him a little bit. Um, not like nothing comes up again with this in this episode about it, but, uh, I just thought that's something that that seemed to seemed to be weighing on him. We cut to Mr. Dick Whitman showing up uh, for work, Donald Draper, and he's he has. Um, it's funny. I thought maybe a comet hit or something happened because he shows up to work and nobody's there. At one point, there's a phone just hanging. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? But the more he works his way into the office, the more he starts to hear uh, a little bit of talking, a little bit of chattering, a little bit of complaining. A little bit of apologizing, and he ends up going on the second floor to find that everybody's up there having a meeting. Uh, and was it was it Harry and um, Jim? Um, because I know his name now. It's not just Harry Hamlin. It's funny, I, but the other guy is Harry. Oh, um, so many names. They're in hard hats because they're there. They're there explaining to everyone that they are getting a computer. So Harry obviously got to Jim Cutler. 
about the whole computer thing. They approved getting a computer, and they're bringing a computer into the office, and that means that the entire creative bullpen, that big middle spot where everybody kind of works and hangs out, is being overtaken by a massive computer. Now, I watched today's episode of um, Mad Men on a $200 Chromebook. It's a little white Chromebook. I'm holding it in my hand right now. It's got a little touch screen. I would say, um, I don't know if it shows the weight. Does it, does it have a weight listed on this thing? No, I'm going to say five pounds. Five, you know, maybe five pounds. Not the lightest computer in the world, but I'm almost positive this little tiny computer running um, Chrome OS has almost as much power as this computer that it's going to take up an entire room. Now, this is a low-end computer running... Um, you know, a, a browser system. This is not like a, even a Windows or a Mac, but I know the computer that I use for work, the one that fits, you know, like it, it's about the size of a notepad, is more powerful than this computer that's in this entire room, taking up this entire, uh, it's, that needs to take over this entire office. And it just, that always fascinates me, the, the evolution of computers. And what the hell is this computer even going to do? Like, what is the point of a computer um, later on, they, um, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, so the, there's a big meeting and, and Don was late to it. And Roger's like, what, what, why are you late? He's like, oh, I didn't know there was a meeting. He goes, you know, nobody told me about the memo. He goes, well, it was, it was a part. He goes, was this a partner's decision? Roger's like, this was made before you were here. So you got to deal with it. Um, but they, everyone in the creative area, which is, you know, the, the, the faces we know the most are, are Ginsburg and Stan. Uh, they have to uh, clear out. Everything that's not there by the end of the week is considered garbage. So they have to clear out. They're getting thrown into various offices. And um, Ginsburg is, you know, annoyed by it. Um, Stan's like, you know, this is this is the way it goes. He didn't seem to care as much. Uh, another guy said, you know, that's what made us different. That we didn't, you know, he didn't say that we didn't have a computer because, because that's what made this place different was that it was completely reliant on people, not computers. Now, to be honest with you, I use computer constantly for work. But the decisions, the way we use computers, the computers, it's weird because the computers don't decide for us. The computers don't make anyone obsolete. The, um, In fact, like our office added people because we needed other people to do creative things using the computers. So, but that's a different world. What is this computer going to do? I don't quite know. Does it help? I guess it helps Harry seem more important. I think that's what Stan said. Um, and I, I'm guessing it, it's more for, you know, media placement and calculations, I guess. I, I don't know. I'm, I'd be interested to see what the actual computer does for them. Um, it's weird because, you know, like computers just help facilitate decisions that I make or my coworkers make on a daily basis. What is this computer going to do? Interesting to find out. Um, but, you know, the thing about uh, the office right now is Don is not, he's, he's Don Draper partner, but he's not Don Draper to the point where um, Ginsburg doesn't even care. He's like, Don, come over here. Help us carry this, this, uh, this, this um, couch. He wanted to take a couch put in their office but stands like it's not even going to fit this is stupid and and ginsburg's like they're taking all our stuff they're moving us they're making us nothing this car just this couch is i don't want the other couch it's full of farts and it was just it was funny but um don was like yeah i'm not doing this he ends up just going back in his office 
going to light up a cigarette. Roll he, a cigarette drops, rolls under a table, and he's like, "What's under there?" And it's an old New York Mets pennant, which is, um, which was, uh, what's his name, Lane's. And you just kind of realize that Don is in Lane's office, and um, it's you know, what has changed since Lane was gone. Uh, all the stuff that's happened, and wondering, you know, what would be different if Lane was still there. Um, so while Don goes into his office, he notices a few of the partners. Now, Lou is not a partner, but he notices it's a few people go into the office to take a meeting, meaning that he's not part of because he's just kind of there. They, they close the door, and it, I think it's Roger, Jim, and Lou, and they're on the phone with... Um, and. And that Don's also in the meeting. Don, the secretary, Don, who the office manager, Don. Now she's kind of taking over for Jones' old position. Um, she's there taking the minutes. And on the other line is um, Ted and Pete in California. So this is the last time we see Pete, and it's all about the burger, uh, Burger Chef. Now, Burger Chef sounds like a real business. I want to say, was there a Burger Chef? I don't know. I know it was a Burger Time, quite a video game. But I'm wondering if this is a, um, like a, a kind of a McDonald's, like a fill-in for McDonald's, because sometimes they use real businesses, sometimes they use fake businesses that are made up to, kind of, um, fill, you know, like to kind of represent. So I wonder if this is representing McDonald's or if Burger Chef was a real thing. But Burger Chef feels, feels like a real thing. Um, so. The uh, they're talking about um, the the meet the off the um, job, and they're like, we think Lou should. Run. Oh, first they said, I think Ted should run it, and Ted, we're going to bring you home. And Ted's like, I'm not coming home. Nope, I'm sorry. He goes, I think Peggy should run it, and I think Ted. Well, obviously, obviously, Ted really does believe in Peggy. That's not fake. But Ted also does not want to come home. He wants to stay in California. He wants to throw a bone to Peggy. And, but he does he does believe in Peggy. That's for real, I believe. And um, Lou agreed with it. Now, um, what's funny is they, this is in the room. They decide that, that I agree Peggy is good for the job. Ted, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate that it's a chauvinistic way of doing it. He's like, it's in the kitchen. It's food. It's this. They're going to want a woman on it. And they agreed. Um, but they also said maybe Don should be on this work with Don Draper, give him something to do. And Roger was all for that. And Lou actually was like, okay, you know, um, can you control him? It's like, that's not going to be a problem. They, he seemed apprehensive about it, but he was all smiles. Uh, but then when they leave the room, Lou, like his smile disappeared. I don't think he loved this very much. He, um, now, earlier in the episode when they were doing the construction, they were compla- when they were talking about the construction, they were complaining about losing the creative and Peggy's like, Lou doesn't care. He doesn't even know what the hell to do with creative. And he said that right behind Lou. Lou probably overheard him. And he said some comment back. And she's like, oh, my God, did he hear me? Um, so the way – so what's happening is Burger Chef is this major um, client, uh, the big-time client. Could be billing $3 million worth of stuff. And they're giving it to Peggy to manage to run to make this presentation. And they're giving Don to Peggy to work for. Completely flipping the script of what used to be. Now, I'm going to put that story on hold and talk about uh, what's going on with Roger. I'm just going to stick with the story because I just want to get it in, get it out. And so 
Roger is in his office. Roger's walking up to his office, and his secretary runs out. She's playing with his grandson, Ellery. And she's like, oh, is, uh, is Margo here? She goes, no, your wife, he's here. Yeah, Margo, whatever his wife's name. Mona? Is Mona the wife and Margo the daughter? I mean, mix up the names. The, the letter's a little. It's hard. Uh, so Mona's in the office with the, the husband. And it's, it's your son-in-law and your wife. He's like, okay. So he goes into the office, sees the son-in-law and the wife. And the, um, turns out that his daughter has taken off. His daughter has gone off to a hippie commune, and the son, the only reason the son told them about it is because he needed someone to watch Ellery for a few days while he goes up there, tries to bring her home, or goes up there to visit. I don't even know. He's like, I'm just good. I'm telling him I'm going on vacation to visit mom. The parents are all nervous about it, but Roger's like, you know what? It's just a phase. Let her figure it out. And the mother wanted to go right up there and do and, and visit, but he's like, no. And, you know, she was a little annoyed. He was like, whatever, it is what it is. And the father, the, the son was just like, I can take care of it, it's my family. Now, look, I'm not a huge fan of Roger's daughter, okay? She seems to be all over the place. She was this perfect little daughter when she got married because daddy was investing and helping them out. Then when daddy said he didn't want to help them out with something, she got all pissy about it. And then she was like, I don't want you to see your grandson anymore. And then she wants to meet, like, then she goes out for uh, lunch with him. And she's like, I accept you for who you are, Daddy. Now, all of a sudden, she's a friggin' hippie on a commune. She's Now, is she just kind of representing, showing us, like, look, this happened. Here's, here's a way of happening. Because she's all over the place. Um, and she gets on my nerves because she's all over the place. Maybe because I'm not all over the place in my life. That seeing someone do that just annoys me, especially someone that has a kid. Um, I only have a beagle, and, I, and she's lying right next to me right now. Hi, how you doing? And uh, I wouldn't even leave her. I mean, I wouldn't leave my wife either, but I wouldn't leave my beagle. Let's be honest, you know. I mean, I love my wife, but I, I definitely wouldn't leave my beagle. That's a joke, everyone. Uh, but but leaving your husband and your kid, it just annoys me. It annoys me that someone ha- that has something is then um, turning their back on it because, oh, they want to. But then she said, they can live up here with me, uh, yada, yada, yada. Um, let's stick with this story because, honestly, it's on my nerves a little bit. So so the big thing is is then um, he gets a call. Oh, no, he gets a telegram that the secretary reads to him. You, hey, hey genius, he got himself arrested Um so the husband got himself arrested up there. He's in jail. So now the next thing we know is Roger and his ex-wife are heading up to uh, the commune. And they could they could bail the, the son-in-law out. But he's like, no, let's do it afterwards. She's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. They're going to let him sit in jail for a couple of days. He goes, she, he should have gotten a fight there, not at some rednecks. Not with some rednecks at a bar on the way back. So he obviously went to the commune, couldn't talk his wife out of it, got, went home. On the way home, stopped at a bar, got in a fight, and that's why he's in jail. So that dolt is where he belongs, and they're leaving him there. Um, they So they go to the commune, which is, I guess, exactly what you think it is. It's, it's got giant farmland. Everyone dressed very hippy-dippy-ish. Um, people are planting crops and... Hanging out and smiles, everyone's smiling, and then you see, you know, um, Mr. and Mrs. Sterling show up, um, 
perfectly, you know, a nice car, perfect suits. They look so out of place. Like when you see them in New York, when you see them at the firm, they just fit in with everyone else. Once they show up at someplace else, they just look completely like completely out of place. Like they don't belong there. Um, the mother more so than than Roger. So they talk to her, and her name now she goes by Marigold. Marigold, come here. And she tries. The, the parents try to talk to her, say it's time to go. She's like, "No, mother, uh, this is um, what I'm doing now." And the mother and her start arguing. She starts saying, "You know, I found peace here." She goes, "You have a son at home. He, he will. He will find peace. It will be okay. I've found happiness. I don't have to hide in the in the bathroom with a gin." Basically saying, "That's what you did. You thought you were so good." She's like, "I tried my. You know, I did my best. I was there for you every day." And um, she's like, "No, you were." And yeah, but you didn't have peace. You had to drink your way, you know, to being my mother. And she's like, I had to slap you right now. That's it, Roger. We're leaving. Roger's like, no, wait. Um, we had, I didn't even get a chance to talk to her. And she said, then the, the wife yells at him and goes, oh, you want to close your deal or you don't want to, you don't want to work the account? Be my, be my guest. He's, and he goes, I'll have Jethro drive me to the train, which I thought I laughed out loud because there's no Jethro. He just called the guy Jethro. He basically said, I'll have one of these, these hippie hillbillies drive me to the local train to get out of here. He gives her the keys. Mom scrams and dad stays. But you have to realize Roger and his daughter are alike. You know, the free, the free willing, the, uh, and Roger kind of, I think, admires her a little bit. You know, you see what he's doing now. I mean, he took the LSD. Then he, um, then he's got like a couple, he's got that girl, that young hippie girlfriend who has friends at his house. So he's got people coming and going all the time. So he's not that, this isn't that shocking to him. You have to remember that. So he stays there. He's peeling potatoes with them. But he joked about like, how this reminds him of being in the army. Uh, they're like, he goes, we should switch jobs. He goes, we don't have hierarchy here. They're like, we don't have hierarchy here. Everyone does what they want. And he goes, we're eating so early. We don't have, they don't have electricity. Um, so once the sun goes down, you know, electricity gets in the way. And he goes, don't you get cold? He's like, there are other ways to stay warm. And he's like, but you have a truck. He goes, yeah, yeah, we've, we've talked about that. So it's like, they've talked about getting rid of the truck even, but Roger's also calling them out for like, you say this, you say that, you say that, but then you have a truck right there, which is, you know, it's got gas, it's got electricity, uh, it's got, every, you know, it's got modern technology in it. Um, so he's trying to, I guess, call them out on the hypocrisy. But um, Roger stays, smokes a little weed with them, um, and then lies out by the um, the stars, which is funny because they're talking about counting stars, but that was in a different part of this episode, I just made that connection. Now I was like, "Oh, look, they're counting stars," like they said. But wait, that wasn't this story. The counting stars was in something else. Ooh, this is all coming together. Interesting. So Roger and his daughter fall asleep under the stars um, in a and it was like they were in a barn. I thought, but the the roof was open. You could see the stars, and they were talking about. I'm um, just like, I really like it here. He's like, I, I see that, um, and. You know, they talk about the stars, and she goes, oh, you know, wouldn't you like to go to the moon? And he goes, everybody, that's everyone's dream to go to, to go to the moon, even as a little boy. She's like, to be an astronaut. She's like, you didn't have astronauts when you were a little boy. He goes, sure we did. We had Jules Verne from the Earth to the moon. She goes, oh, you used to read me that story. He's like, no, I don't think I did. I think it was your mother. Uh, and just a little conversation, probably 
him realizing that he wasn't there as much of his kid as he thought he was. Um, so they, like later, I don't know if it's right away, but a few minutes later, he hears his daughter go, not here, not here. And she gets up um, and goes downstairs with one of the hippy-dippy dudes to make probably hippie, hippie sex. And the dad is left there to be like, I thought that left Roger to, to, to go work on one of the women and try to get a little hippie love himself. But instead, that seemed to affect him because the next day he was back to being Roger. So he's sitting on the on the uh, front porch in it, back in his suit. Uh, and he's like, where's my daughter? Oh, she's coming. He goes, time to go. Tries to get her to go. Tries to forcefully get her to go. Grab her by the arm. Then throw her over her shoulder. It doesn't quite work. She falls. They both fall in the mud together. And the daughter just lets him have it. She goes, you know, like you. She goes, what? what's the difference? He goes, you have a daughter at home. You have a son at home. He goes, don't you care? You need to be there for him. She goes, oh, like you were there all the time. We were off running with your sec. You're having your secretaries called to send me birthday gifts. These are the things, you know, This is that's how you cared. She basically called him out for being a bad dad. And um, he just was like, he just, he heard enough. He realizes he's not going to win, and he just slunked off, like walked off, and um, he wasn't coming back. He was gone. In other words, he, he left her. That was, that was the end of Roger, Roger's story. His, his daughter's off living the uh, hippie lifetime, li- lifestyle, probably you know living the free life a lot because of him, uh, and there's nothing he can do about it. He can't fix it, but he may have been part of the cause. So let's rewind all the way back to where we were. Uh, earlier in the episode, um, we got the, they got the Burger Chef job. Um, they gave it to Peggy, and uh, you know now Dawn. The, the, as I said, the tables have turned, and Dawn is working under um, Peggy. But while this is going on, they also are. Um, they're in, this is all happening while the computers are being ins- installed in this room. This entire room is becoming a computer room, which means loud construction going on. So everyone who's in their offices, like Lou, Don, Peggy, they have to be in their office while this all this construction is going on, which is loud and annoying. But um, Don ends up going outside to see what's going on and meets the guy who's installing the computer. He is um, now he works for a company that installs these computers. He used to work for IBM. Now he works for this company that uses IBM computers, but he um, is a competitor of them. It's weird. You're a competitor of IBM, but you're using IBM's machines. So either way, IBM is winning. That's where you have such a hold on something where it's like, oh, I don't want to use um, Microsoft. Uh, look at it this way. I don't want to use Microsoft computers. I don't want to use Microsoft, uh, the company, but I'm going to use all these computers that run Windows. Well, guess who install, who uses Windows? That's Microsoft. So you're still using Microsoft. So it's kind of that thing where it's like, look, you can only go so far. Um, and it's like Android now. It's like, oh, I don't want a Samsung computer phone. I want an LG phone. Either I don't want a Google phone. I want a, a Samsung. Well, guess what? It's Android, which is made by Google. So it's like there's things have a... Um, it's like a weird way to compete with someone, but you still have to use their products. And that's this is a little more, uh, um, a little different because it's the hardware. They're actually used, still using IBM's computers. But it seemed like the difference is this guy um, who is, you know, seems, uh, you know, like he's talking to Don about computers and seems um, interesting. But his thing is, is look, we, we try to do it for cheaper uh, because IBM 
their only interest is, or their main interest is, here's our computer. Here's the 351. Well, guess what? The 352 just came out. You need a new computer. Here's your new computer. Boom. Here's the 353. And this guy's saying, look, the old computer, I don't want to see these computers in a ditch every two years. He thinks you can get longer life out of them and they can long, last longer. That's why they're cheaper. Uh, later on, he comes into Don's office to ask for a smoke, but then he also asks for a little um, advice on advertising. And Don's like, well, make, what makes you different? You have you. And this is what the guy was saying. You know, we think things can last longer. We think um, that we can do a, as good a job for cheaper. And Don's like, and also the others aren't advertising. <clears throat> that was an interesting thing where Don said part of the um, appeal of you advertising while the others aren't is that you're advertising and the others aren't. So if you're a company and you're looking for a computer, you might do some research to find five companies. But if you do research and also see that one of these companies is advertising, you'd be like, huh, interesting. I'll check them out. So it might get more eyes on the prize. Um, later, Don gets really angry at this guy. And I'm not sure exactly why. But we'll get there. We'll get there. So uh, now, as I said, Peggy, Don needs to work on a Peggy now. Uh, and Peggy um, says, Don, come on in. Brings Don in, brings the other guy. I want to say Miles, but I don't know exactly. Um, oh, but before Peggy, this is how Peggy found out. I, I forgot. So uh, Lou called her into the office, and Peggy's ready to get um, a reaming. She thinks she's going to get yelled at because of how she Lou overheard her talking about Lou not knowing what to do with creative. He brings her, and he goes, and he just he he does a power move though, like kind of a dick power move. He turns his back to her. He's like, I love this view. He's you know. Um, I have, uh, he says something like, um, I, I want to tell you something good and something not so good. Oh no. She goes, sometimes he goes, I like to, I like to use this, this view or something to deliver good news or deliver bad news. She goes, Oh, um, which one should I be prepared for? Because she thought she was going to get yelled at. He goes, listen, I want to let you know that you're doing great work here and I'm, and I'm, I'm giving you a hundred dollar a week raise. My God, this is 1969, 68. This is 2020. If I had a hundred dollar a week raise right now, I'd be ex- I'd do a backflip. Um, so back then it must have been humongous. Was it a week or a month? I think it was a week. Uh, must have done a backflip. So he writes it down and he goes. Also, um, you're in charge of Burger Chef. Um, I want you to bring in you know this person, this person, and Don. Don Draper. He goes. Yep. And Peggy. It doesn't seem pleased about this. So she ends up bringing in called you know this guy and don into her office and don's like oh peggy wants to see you oh send her in no no she wants you to go in there and don that's when don realizes well crap i don't have i don't have this what i used to have um he goes into peggy's office and she goes we have burger chef and i want you guys to both come up with 25 tags you know like 25 mottos 25 lines something like a like a famous you know saying um, one of these could be the one that we choose. Uh, we're we're going to have a meeting with Burger Chef, and we need to pre- present with them, and I want you guys in on that. Um, I'm in charge of it. And you can see Don like, the hell are you talking about? I'm a partner. I'm the creative director. Um, when he introduced himself before, they go, this is Don Draper, our creative director. He goes, I thought Lou was. He goes, well, we have two. Actually, three. Ted's off in California. Um, so they're... Um, He's pretty annoyed by uh, the um, the prospect that he has to work under Peggy. 
he so much to the point where he leaves the office after being told this, takes his goes back into his office, slams the door, doesn't even like say goodbye, walks out, goes out of the office, slams the door, takes his typewriter, smashes it up against the window. Luckily, they have very thick glass. He's pissed off about this. Now, I forgot to mention this might have happened before, but after he talked to the computer guy about advertising with him, he went straight to um, he went to Roger's office. He wasn't there. Roger was gone for the day. He went to Bert's office, went straight in there, took his shoes off very respectfully and said, um, you know, can I, you have a second? And he talked about the computer business and how I think they're interested in advertising and I think they'd like to get in. And Bert's like, so you mean new business? And he's like, yeah, sure. He goes, I thought we talked about the rules. And and Don's like, give it to someone else. I don't care. I just think this is something to, to, to not, not worth giving away. Goes, Did you forget about what we're doing here? And Don's like, then what am I doing here? I could have gone somewhere else. And, and he, Bert's like, what are you doing here? He goes, you're in the office. He goes, I was a partner of, um, he goes, I was a partner. He goes, I started this, this firm. And, and Bert's like, so did the dead man who's in the office that you're using right now. And I think that's way of saying, oh, he said, did you think you were just going to come in here and we were going to go, we were going to drop everything and you were going to come back and, and, and woo us and everything? He goes, we've been working, this office has been working just fine. And then he says the a line about the dead, the dead guy. And that's his way of saying, look, one of our partners died and we, we just keep on moving. We, you know, you, one man does not make this firm. We can keep going. We can keep doing this and we're moving on just fine without you. You're here, you know, I think liability, legally you're here, but we don't have to use you. They said earlier, he's been, he doesn't come out of his office. He's been good. Roger's like, he's been good for three weeks. Put it, give him something. That's why they gave him the burger chef job. But you can see this is pissing him off. So he goes into, he knocks on Roger's office, even though she's not there. He's like, I forgot I left something in there. Goes in really quick. And um, she's like, what did you leave? Grabs a bottle, hides it under his shirt, brings it back into his office, pours out his Coke can. Now, I forgot earlier he was drinking a Coke can, which it should have stood out to me more. Should have stood out to me more that he had a Coke can. Uh, and he started um, drinking. He poured out, poured alcohol into the Coke can and just started drinking. And later on, the guy's like, um, hey, did you want to, um, did you want to, now this, this is all on the same day. This might not have been all on the same day. This might have been, so was it the next day he came in and um, I might be all over the place. But look, I just watched it, I swear. At some point, he comes into his office and uh, is just playing solitaire. And the other guy's like, hey, um, oh, Peggy, what is it? The guy goes into the office to give the tags. Um, Don's not there. She's like, can you get him? And he goes, hey, you coming? Don's like, yeah, I'm not, uh, I can't make it. And the guy's like, yeah, he's not coming. And she's like, fine. Okay. Get me to the end of the day and come up with 25 more. The guy's like 50. She goes, yeah. She goes, you have the research now. You can do that. So Don is not interested in helping Peggy with this job at all. He's not just interested in drinking. He sits in his office. Okay. My, my beagle is now sitting on my chest and you might've heard her breathing directly into the, into my recorder. Um, so there's a chance that this this recording might stop early while I take her out. Um, but now she's sitting on my foot. She's going to fall. She's going to fall. Okay. Nope. You got, you okay? Okay. So um, Don is just not having this. He's not interested in helping. And he, um, he starts uh, drinking in his office, hanging out, just sitting on his couch and drinking to the point where he finally gets on the phone 
to make a phone call. And he's like, come on, you want to go to the Mets game? You can see he's loaded. Let's go to the game. And who comes into the office but Freddie Roman? Freddie Roman? It's not Freddie Roman. Freddie, it's Freddie uh, Rumson. And um, he's like, come on, let's go to the game. Let's go to the game. And Freddie's like, come on, let's get out of here. He takes him out of the office. He says to Peggy, we're leaving early. But before he goes, uh, Don goes up to the IBM guy. He goes, I know who you are. He goes, I know what you want. Like, almost like you're the devil. Um, you think you're this, you think you're that, but I know what you really are. Don's like, the guy's like, what? Um, and Freddie was like, can you tell I just changed rooms? And Freddie was like, come on, we got to get out of here, Don. Let's go, let's go. He leaves him. He doesn't take him to the Mets game. Takes him directly home. Lies him down. The guy's like, come on, we got to go, we got to go. Don wakes up the next day on his chair, and um, he's like, How, did the Mets win? And Freddie just looks at him. He's like, what are you doing? And he's like, they, 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 they don't even use me. I don't even know why I'm there. He's complaining. And Freddie's like, you think you're going to get back to where you were by doing this? He goes, look at me. I'm running around going from job to job, say, you know, saying, hey, you know, doing freelance work. It's really Don Draper work. He goes, you have this chance to do this. Do the work. Do the work. And I think that got through to Freddie. Freddie is sobered up. And um, he's like, you're not going to drink your way through this. Do the work. So Don shows up to the office the next day um, or that day, clean cut, ready to go, goes into his office. He's working. Peggy goes in and um, she's like, hey. And he looks at her and says, um, I'll have those tags for you by lunch. She's like, good, good. Um, now, I forgot to mention before that, um, Don left early. Someone else was going, something else was going on. Um, and Joan walked by to, to Peggy's office and said, um, oh, your, your raise got approved. She's like, oh, great, great. She goes, oh, okay, I'm sorry. She goes, I'm sorry, Joan. Uh, it's just been a day. She's like, I have two minutes. They go in there, and she talks about how they make, they're making me work with Don Draper. Now, you feel bad that these women are talking about Don behind their back because you're like, no, Don's, Don's our guy. This is the guy we're rooting for. But you have to realize these pe- who these people have worked with for all these years and how he, how unpredictable he's been, and these, this is their life, this is their company, this is their livelihood, and you're seeing, you know, you have to work with this guy, this unstable fella who is a creative genius, but he's unstable, um, and they're like, they're sticking me with Don, and she's like, oh, um, you know, they they don't want, oh, they don't want me to do good, they want me to fail, that's why they stuck me with John, with Don, who's also named John, Ham. And uh, Joan's like, oh, I feel bad to tell you that I don't even think they thought that – they didn't even think that, that thought far ahead. Like they're not even thinking about you, fan. They just want to give Don something to do and that's it. Um, they probably weren't even thinking of the failure. They were thinking give Don something to do. So the episode ends with, with Don doing the work. He's going to do the work. He's going to do the tags. And I think that's it. This big-ass um, computer room, which I, I'm interested to see what happens. We got that. Harry is very excited about it. Again, I'm not sure what that's going to do. Um, we have Burger Chef. Pete brought this job in from L.A. And it's funny, Pete, they got off the phone, and Pete goes, let's see them give that to Bob Benson. He doesn't care that Peggy got it. He doesn't care that – he just cares that Bob Benson didn't get it. That's how annoyed he is by Bob Benson. Um, but it all came from Eugene from The Walking Dead. And um, – Pete seems to be doing okay in California with his girlfriend, but I, I think hearing about his father-in-law getting that um, heart attack and him not even finding out, having to find out third hand, I think that bothered him. Uh, meanwhile, Roger's got to deal with his hippie daughter who seems to have abandoned her family. 
So there's that, but he's also questioning, I think, um, his own decisions as a father over the years. And Don Draper has to deal with being um, figuratively demoted. Technically, on paper, he's still he's still the creative director. He's still a partner, but in reality, his job, the work he's doing, is a demotion right now. But you know what? Freddie got to him. Said, "Do the effing work," and and you know this will this will show them what they're doing. He's probably going to deliver twenty five dazzling tags that are going to ruin this. Uh, make this other guy who's going to come up with fifty shit tags. Excuse my language. And um, yeah, I think that is. I can't wait to see where this goes. I want to see Don. You know, last time we saw Don, he was like, I'll do it. And then once he'll, he'll, he'll have all the, um, you know, he'll, he'll, all the, uh, the rules that they came up with him. It's, Joan said to Peggy, you know, I, don't, I shouldn't be telling you this. I don't know if you know this, but Don actually has um, rules that he has to live by. And Peggy's like, uh, has he broken them? Is he doing it? And Joan's like, I don't know. Is he? They didn't talk about the drinking. They didn't mention the drinking. So... That would be one. If Peggy mentioned he was drunk or he seemed drunk, I think Don would be gone. Um, so luckily, he didn't. She didn't. Either she didn't notice, or um, she didn't care. Now Don went right up to that IBM guy that was very drunk too, and he's like, "I think you, you should probably leave. Yeah, I think you should go." Luckily, Freddie covered for him. I think enough that he got away with it. Um, but I'm interested to see how the the office changes. We've seen it change so many times. Bringing in television. Uh, and now bringing in a computer. Ooh, a room that runs this computer. That your cell phone that you're, you're that you're listening to this right now is probably ten times more powerful than. Um, yeah, I think I think we've covered everything. I think that is it. Now, I, I normally I've been putting these episodes out on Saturday. Recently, I've been trying to. Yesterday we had a uh, little birthday party for my wife, so I was running around and dealing with that all day. But this morning I'm here. And uh, hopefully I'll get this up uh, within the next couple hours. Uh, I've got a little grocery shopping to do, and I have a little beagle who has woken up and needs my attention. So none of this matters to you because you're listening to this in the future. And it doesn't matter to you at all, but that's who I am. I like to give you a little glimpse behind the curtain of who this guy Mike is. You know who he is? He's a podcaster. He's He's a man with a mission. And that mission is to watch every episode of Mad Men and talk about it every week. And you can find him on Twitter at MadeManPod, and the website is fansnotexperts.com slash MadeMan. Now I want to thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for rating on on iTunes or whatever podcast uh, uh, tool you use, if you can rate and... Um, uh, rate and reply? No. Comment. If you want to do that too, that would be amazing. And I want to thank you for listening and thank you for supporting me as I continue this journey. And we're almost there. We're in the final season. Oh my goodness. We're like, we really have 10 episodes left. Oh my goodness gracious. Thank you for listening and thank you for coming along with me as I strive to become a maid. Oh my god, oh my god, no, I'm not done, I'm not done, I'm not done. I can't believe it. Let's rewind. The monolith, the monolith. Um, so the episode title is The Monolith. Now, The Monolith is something out of 2001, The Space Odyssey. And I was like, what is it? Is it, is it something that was like that was a word first? So I typed in monolith on Google. And it's the monolith. 
is a machine made by um, unknown extraterrestrials. Oh, how cool is that? The monolith is the computer. Like this machine, it was for 2001 A Space Odyssey. This machine was uh, added to their added to their office, and um, now they know. Uh, that, so this machine is unknown, brought in by these people. So the monolith is kind of the title of the uh, really kind of representing the computer. But it's also representing the unknown, right? The unknown of the computer. The unknown of Don's new task. The unknown of Roger's daughter. What's going to go on there? A lot of unknown going on uh, and talked about in this episode. And now I've covered everything, so <laughs> I'm going to do it again. Thank you for coming along with me as I strive to become a made man. It's real this time. Fans not experts.